Come on. Welcome, Leblo. This is George G, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Max Porterfield. Max, are you ready to do this? I am. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to have you on. Max is the president, CEO, and director of Kalinex Mines, their leading junior miner focused on gold, silver, zinc, lead, copper, and established deposits. Max, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Uh, well, I'm, I'm raised in, uh, in Texas. I'm an immigrant to, uh, to Canada. I'm a dual citizen now. Uh, so I've, I've kind of had natural resources in my bloodline since birth. I was born in West Texas, or WTI is named for uh, West Texas Intermediate Oil Prices. And uh, when I immigrated to Canada, it was really to uh, change the world in my own unique way. And I, I did so after spending a, a lot of time in, out of university working for a boutique investment firm that specialized in natural resources. And then immigrated to Canada, working on the corporate side from some companies that were advancing assets, both in the United States as well as Latin America, in the uranium and gold space. And then ultimately had the opportunity to take over Calinex in 2014. We've assembled a team with the, the long-term vision to discovering the next mine for a local community uh, in northern Manitoba, an area that's known for very, very high-grade copper deposits that also carries gold, silver, and zinc as byproducts. And that's really been my life's mission and purpose and passion. And um, we recently had a discovery out there named Rainbow that we've been actively ex expanding uh, in a very critical time for that community. And that's really why I live my life as an entrepreneur is to wake up every day and how can I change not only the lives of thousands of people, but impact millions of people with the ultimate products that these metals are critical to go into that we really take for granted. Nice. Well, I appreciate that. So talk about a critical time for the community. Our, and we're talking about Northern Manitoba is, is, is the town there because of the mine. My colleagues uh, they've done it before. So the technical team here at Kalinex has found three of the four largest mines for this little town in its history. And that, um, and again, is 100 years of mining and across 29 different mines. So on a global basis, they're very unique in terms of how high grade they are and how rich they are in terms of metal content compared to other mines around the world. And as the world shifts from, you know, away from the hydrocarbon, oil and gas, into electric vehicles, these metals, the base metals in particular, copper, is absolutely critical to that. And to shift away from that, you're gonna need a vast amounts of copper that simply you had a lack of investment in exploration of these type of deposits over the past decade. So 100 years of mining in three actual functional mines, how, how, how big is this land mass that we're talking about? And- it was 20, it was actually, was, there's been 32 mines in the belt and this town has produced 29 mines. Our wow. team has been three of the four largest mines in the belt's history. So again, you have the anchor mines that have really long lasting job growth or job creation and sustainability. And obviously that, that has further down the supply chain as well. Um, and then you have the smaller ones that have been kind of ancillary to that infrastructure throughout that time. Got it. The really mineral rich mining camp. It's on, on, on a global basis. So how, how, how big is this area and how has technology impacted the way that 
your 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 that 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 you've mined, if if at all. Yeah. So in, in terms of the area, I mean, we're talking hundreds of, of kilometers, uh, you know, in distances. Uh, so the, these camps go, there's this greenstone belt is what it's called. It's a you know, belt of minerals that essentially been deposited. They're actually originally deposited from sub C4 volcanic activity uh, and displaced there millions of years. In terms of technology and how this has all been done, um, in terms of where we're also located is key. Uh, I should mention that we're within 30 minutes drive by existing road to the town. And there actually is a hydroelectric power line within 100, sorry, 200 meters of the deposit. So while it's one of the highest grade copper discoveries in the world, it also has the ability inside not only the province, but on the property right next to the discovery to have clean, low cost power. So when you look in terms of what is your mine supply moving forward as you moved away from the hydrocarbon, whether it be coal, oil, natural gas, it's how are the metals produced and at what grades are they produced to feed into that really dictates how clean is your electric vehicle. Now, in terms of technology and how these mines were historically found, it was really a, a one trick pony. Uh, when I kind of came to learn to exploration within a lot of these mining camps, and that's based on electromagnetics. So each mineral that you're looking for has a rock property. And that rock property is why it's so utilized in industry, whether it's conductivity to transfer electricity. Um, so you look for these different rock properties using different tools. So historically, the, the discoveries have been made, most of them, through electromagnetics, where you're looking for a conductive source in the ground. And with that being said, if you only look one way, you only find things one way. Mm -hmm. And the challenge in a lot of these deposits is they're not, they're very, very rich, but they're not very big in size. The typical deposit might be about 150 yards long, about between, I'm talking, just trying to go from meters to yards, it's roughly similar, but between three to eight uh, meters or yards wide, and then they're deeply plunging. So your footprint, if you're taking a picture above them, it can be quite small. And so what we did to make the discovery of rainbow is, you know, if the definition of insanity is thinking the same way over, expecting a different result. And there's been a lot of money that's been uh, spent on exploration, looking for that next anchor mine that hasn't bear the fruits of all that money spent. And so what we did when we kind of had a rethink on this area that's always had the endowment geologically to host a large deposit, and we weren't the only ones to think so, numerous big mining companies historically have been looking for a large deposit on our land package. It was, how can we look at things differently? And so what we utilize is a technology called induced polarization instead of electromagnetics. And induced polarization looks for different rock properties uh, resistivity and chargeable, how chargeable the rocks and how resistive are they? And so you're looking for a high chargeability or a low resistivity, but with the idea that the deposit itself is going to be highly conductive. But when you look at a halo around that deposit, it could be less conductive or less, uh, you're looking for a different rock property. We're looking for chargeability, a halo from the disseminated pyrite. I don't want to get too sciencey. Uh, but low levels of pyrite that we around the high-grade copper. And so that's how we've made the discoveries using IP as opposed to the traditional tools and just straight using electromagnetics in its very favorable geology. I hope that wasn't too long-winded or complicated, but that's... No, so just just through the, through the old methods, you wouldn't have found it. No, and you wouldn't have found it because it actually sits in flanks a formational conductive body that's barren. 
And so using this different technology in a different way has really enhanced the ability to find these uh, deposits. And in particular in areas where they'd be different, uh, difficult to pin out relative to something that's more conductive off nearby. So the traditional way that, that, that y'all identified uh, potential um, rocks in the ground, minerals in the ground. Yeah, yeah. How, how, how is that from a cost perspective versus the new uh, induced polarization? So cost of surveys are, are quite uh, reasonable in terms of in the, in the mining space. And it's really about who does the surveys and having everybody that are, is passionate about what they're doing. You know, it's like going to the doctor. If your doctor is a, a doctor that's passionate about the work that they do, they're going to spend time and care and understanding in the work that they do. So I think that's one of the key things in terms of costs. There's similar costs. I think that we can be much more effective with our exploration dollars to lead to discoveries because in the industry, the statistical odds of a discovery leading from uh, making a discovery that goes into production are one in 4,000, right? So it's how do you reduce those odds And the way that we look to reduce the odds are sticking within proximity infrastructure because candidly, when you're looking very remotely, you have huge, uh, much larger upfront capital costs to explore remote because you've got to get the people, the power, the water, the access, helicopter in and out just to drill and develop a deposit and then get the infrastructure all out there to ultimately mine that deposit. That's, you know, in times CapEx, up to capital costs in billions of dollars on these remote uh, opportunities. Whereas if you, in our opinion, explore within prolific mining jurisdictions that have the pedigree of the, the rocks that have hosted numerous deposits that have gone into being producers, you, you, it's a good place to start looking. And also you have that infrastructure in place you can leverage off in a much more cleaner way. The fact that the infrastructure is there is idle, uh, is, is infrastructure that doesn't need to be rebuilt and repermitted in many ways. And so I think that's the real opportunity to, to reduce your odds. Obviously you have a great team go within a mining community and then further reduce your upfront capital costs, both from an exploration standpoint and development standpoint by being in these mature mining camps. But when you're in the mature mining camps, change the way you look for things. Yeah, that certainly makes sense. That is to a degree staggering that only one in 4,000 discoveries actually go to production. And, it, but, 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 but I, I, I suppose that it also makes sense. So you have made a discovery uh, mm -hmm. using this induced polarization. Is there more drilling and testing to do to, to prove it out or, and what, what are the next steps to hopefully move towards an actual production? Yeah. So you have to, uh, it's much different than oil and gas uh, because you know, gas is fluid. Uh, and so your path to production is, is uh, much more challenging in terms of mining. You've got to drill up the deposit. But that's why when you make a discovery in the mineral exploration business, they can create, you know, $100 million, billion market cap companies. Because when you find a big discovery, it's really, you know, like a, in a biotech scenario, if you're looking at a biotech stock, you're looking for companies that are de-risking their drug through clinical trials to solve a problem to help people. Right. And mm -hmm. we're doing the same thing, except our clinical trials are really testing targets and drilling out discoveries as de-risking the assets and building value. Uh, so the process, you know, in terms of rainbow, we made the discovery of rainbow with initially uh, PBM 111 was a discovery hole that was discovered in August 8th of uh, 2020. And then we recapitalized the company last February 
and have now had over 72 holes into the deposit area, you know, systematically drilling out and expanding the deposit. And then once you get to a certain stage, we'll go to a resource modeler, modeler and we actually just recently uh, retained one that's well-respected within the industry that will then model the resources based upon the assays from each drill hole. And so in terms of how unique Rainbow happens to be is it's one of the highest grade copper discoveries in the world. If you look at the average graded copper mine on a global basis, it's only half a percent. So you're moving a ton of rock and half a percent of that rock is rock you wanna recover. Very, very bulk tonnage, low grade operations that I wouldn't really say is the most environmentally friendly way to do things relative, but it's very critical. And if you look on a global basis, not just in copper, but in all commodities, you've got declining grades over the past several decades because the easy discoveries have been found, right? To be in one of the top 10 highest grade copper mines in the world, for example, you need to have over 3.75% copper, right? To be in the top 10. And a majority of those high grade copper mines are in geopolitically unstable countries like Central Africa and the Congo, the DRC. And then that's what makes Flint Fawn Manitoba so unique on a global basis is that it's known for its exceptionally high grade copper. A Reed Lake mine, which is a mine that was 130 kilometers away from the town produced, and that was the fifth or sixth highest grade copper mine when it was in production for several years. Um, and that is indicative of the type of grades that can be found there. And in terms of rainbow, rainbow's grades are well north of over three and a half percent copper and also carries gold, silver, and zinc as byproducts. And so when you couple the high grade nature of rainbow with the hydroelectric power, at a very key time with the 777 mine shutting down on that town in just three months from now, it creates a very, very unique scenario where we've had our long-term vision that we established in 2014 that we're executing and marching to as we delineate the deposit through drilling. And then what we've done over the past several months behind the scenes, and we were starting to outline that, is exploration targeting for 2022. So we're looking to find not just white rainbow, but what's rainbow and beyond for the area. And I'm very excited about the, the potential with that because we're using the refined method that we use to discover Rainbow and now expanding that on our very large land package. Nice. Well, that's that's super exciting time. Yeah, no, I'm listening. Uh, actually, um, I carry this on my desk. You can see why I'm so excited. Hmm. That is some very, very high-grade copper that's been polished. Obviously, the core, this is the back of the core. Um but I mean, this is, this is like my baby. I don't have a father yet, but in terms of fatherhood, this is what some very, very high grade copper looks like out of rainbow. Nice. That's fascinating. So August of 2020, you, you sort of proved it out and you recapitalized the company, drilled 70 holes, create this model, this resource model, identified that the quality of the copper is, is upwards of three and a half percent. There's one mine that is going out of production, so the timing's perfect. All the, the resources are there. How do people get involved? Well, they can become shareholders like myself. I'm a very large shareholder of the company. I own just under 5% uh, myself. And my family has also been a great supporters. We've got institutional and family shareholders that are also about over 30% of the float. Uh, but you can buy shares on the secondary market, also known as the stock market. Uh, in, the, in Canada, we trade under the Toronto Venture Exchange and the G ticker CNX. Um, but for the U.S. investors out there, uh, we trade on the OTCQX and the ticker CLLXF. And then we put out a lot of news flow as we drill out the discovery. 
uh, and we do targeting and we do updates to our shareholders on a regular basis. And you can find out more information and sign up to receive our news directly at calinex.ca, which is spelled C-A-L-L-I-N-E-X.ca. And maybe you can link to that uh, as well, but that'd be how to be involved in what we're up to. Well, Max, people are ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? I think you just do what you're passionate about and follow your heart and your instinct and stick with it. Uh, no matter how challenging things might be at any given time, I think if you work at something, focused on that something and you're passionate about it, everything will fall in line ultimately for the greater good. Well, I think that is great stuff that definitely gets it. Come on, Max. Thank you so much for coming on. Give us the, uh, give us the website again and give us the ticker again if we want to invest. You can do so by visiting our website at calinex.ca. That's C-A-L-L-I-N-E-X.ca. We trade in Canada on the Toronto Venture Exchange under the ticker CNX, uh, but also in the United States on the OTCQX Exchange under the ticker CLLXF. Love it. Well, if you enjoyed this much as I did, show Max your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to calinex.ca. That's C-A-L-L-I-N-E-X.ca. Check out everything they're working on. You can invest via the TSX and the ticker is CNX, or you can invest over the counter in the United States at CLLXF. Thanks again, Max. Thanks so much for having me. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together.